0: Thank you for the beautiful wedding song, Dr. Day, and I would like to uh, make a small adjustment, if I may, real quickly. And so, may I ask all of you to stand with us for just a moment all over the place. Now, if you are here with your wife today, gentlemen, you need to be positioned as uh, some of you already are on the west side, as Brother Mallette is down here with his wife with a beautiful hat, so you can see them. If you will get on the west side of your wife right this minute. Doctor, that means you too. Yeah, okay. All right, everybody on the west side, thank you, and you may be seated uh, at the moment, but when we do our vows, you will need to be on that side. We conclude the series on the song this morning, and I am frustrated because I cannot do it justice in the length of time allotted, but we shall at least read the eighth chapter, which comes to the summit of the book and explains something that is very important. World without end have I been sitting in my office counseling a couple when it is said by one or the other or both I just don't love her anymore the truth of the matter is if you say that you never did love her to begin with it is the most basic misunderstanding of our world today to define love in an erroneous fashion contrary to the word of god we come to that portion of god's word today one of two places in god's word where love is defined though there is a sense in which it is defined more explicitly in the death of jesus on the cross than could ever be put into human words the third time that it's defined then is um a definition of example that showed us the love of god the two places where it is defined this is one and we read together oh that you were like my brother who nursed at my mother's breast if i should find you outside well then i would kiss you and i would not be despised i would lead you and bring you into the house of my mother she who used to instruct me and I would cause you to drink of the spiced wine and of the juice of my pomegranate. His left hand is under my head, and with his right hand he embraces me. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, that you do not stir nor awaken love until it pleases. Who is this that comes from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? I awakened you under the apple tree there your mother brought you forth and there she who bore you brought you forth set me a seal upon your heart a seal upon your arm and now watch carefully the definition of love for love is as strong as death jealousy is as severe as the grave the flames are flames of fire and this translation reads a most vehement flame struggling as to how to translate a word that only occurs one time in the scripture but literally it says a flame ignited by god many waters cannot quench love nor can floods drown it but if a man would give for love all the wealth of his house it would be utterly despised well we have a little sister and she has no breast and shall what shall we do for her in the day when she is spoken for well maybe she's a wall and we will uh, build upon her a battlement of silver uh, maybe she's a door in which case we will enclose her with boards of cedar and the Shulamite answers and says I'll answer your question I am a wall and my breasts are like towers and then I became in his eyes as one who has found peace Solomon has a vineyard in Baal Haman and he leased the vineyard to the keepers. Everyone was to bring of its fruit a thousand silver coins. My own vineyard is before me. You, O Solomon, may have a thousand, and those who tendeth fruit, two hundred. You will dwell in the garden. The companions listen for your voice. Let me hear it. Make haste, my beloved, like the gazelle are a young stag on the mountains of spices and so we're introduced to several subjects that occur in this final chapter in the first one she is talking about her response to solomon in public and uh, in that day and time a romantic expression such as a romantic kiss was not really tolerated in the public eye. And so she says, I wish you could be like my brother. When I, when I see you up doing the affairs of state, if you were like my brother, I could go right up to you and embrace you and kiss you. She knows that must be uh, uh, delegated to the time of privacy, and we have seen that throughout the book that there is a a time of personal intimacy that is indeed personal but she says if you were like my brother I could just do that in public but it doesn't work that way but I know that there's going to come that moment again when his hand is embracing my head and with his right hand he embraces me that phrase is of course replete with possibilities Uh, It may mean nothing more than to uh, bring her close and hug her. Uh, There may be more involved in that expression. Again, it is so notable for the beauty and the purity of the expression, talking about things that are intimate, but talking about them in a way that is not sorry or repulsive. And so beautifully done. And so, she goes on and comes to the point where love is defined, and I want you to get it very carefully. Set me as a seal upon your heart and as a seal upon your arm. When you go to Israel today, you will discover the Hasidim, and uh, you can recognize them immediately because they will have a strap around their head with a little box on the front and they'll have a strap around their left arm with a little box around their left arm. Those are phylacteries, and what do phylacteries do? Well, there's a portion of God's word in the phylactery here closest to your brain, and there is a portion of God's word in the phylactery here closest to your heart. And uh, would that they really paid attention to them, but whether they do or not, not a bad idea looks a little strange to westernize but the idea is to keep god's word ever before you and so now she sees a seal and she says let the seal be upon your arm because the seal which is the evidence of the king's ownership is to rest upon her uniquely we do that with a ring in a ceremony of marriage we shall not do that today but under normal circumstances we we do that with a ring and we say with this ring i thee wed or something of that nature and we are pledging that our love for one another is like the ring, circular. It is unbroken by the circumstances that may war against it, but it stands invincible. Well, that leads her to the expression of what love really is. For love is as strong as death. What a strange metaphor. Why, why speak of love as the strength of death? Well, Because, in case you haven't noticed it, Death is inevitable. That comes to every one of us. It is so certain. And love, defined God's way, is supposed to be exactly that, absolutely certain. Never will it fail. It is totally reliable. And so, as Solomon thinks about it, death is as uh, love is as strong as death well jealousy is as severe as sheol as the grave what what, what does that mean well it, it means pretty much the same thing but with a slight shift have you ever noticed that when you really love somebody it is amazing how you feel committed to them even unto death i often tell young people when they're about to have their first baby i say to the man i know you have never thought about the fact that you can actually kill somebody but when that little baby is first placed in your hands you're going to simultaneously experience two emotions the first emotion you're going to experience is I love that little baby more than anything in this world. And your second emotion is going to be, and if anybody tried to do anything to hurt this baby, I'm going to mop up the face of the earth with them. You'll discover that you're capable of unbelievable mayhem. Well, the same thing is true about a love that is a real love a love that is such that the jealousy in behalf of that figure that we love would propel you to the very point of the loss of your sanity i I mean you would do anything for them i some have sometimes have to tell somebody with regard to miss patterson well you just you have to take into consideration that uh, she's jealous about me i know it's strange and I know it's unusual and you hardly believe it's true, but yeah, she'll fight a circle saw for me. And uh I am grateful for that kind of commitment. Jealousy is uh so powerful that's as severe as the grave itself. Well get this one. Uh its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement Flame, the translation is, but it is a combination word, resafe in the Hebrew tongue, added to the word Yah, the first syllable of the personal name for God, Yahweh. And nobody knew how to translate it. It's one of those hapax legomena that occurs only there. But you need to understand that you don't just decide to love somebody. You don't just decide not to love somebody. Uh, Love, as it is defined in God's Word, is something that God enables. God makes it possible. I, I mean, come on, give me a break. Think about it, men. Your wife loves you. How improbable is that? It is improbable to the point of impossibility, and yet somehow she does. It is in love enabled by God. It is a flame in your heart enabled by God. As a matter of fact, the fourth declaration about love is many waters cannot quench love it is absolutely unquenchable not only is it certain not only is it a protection not only is it god authored but it is an unquenchable love well you just don't know what she's done no love is unquenchable pour all the waters of the world's oceans on it And it's like those candles that you sometimes put on a birthday cake. You can't blow them out. You ever done that? You try to blow them out, and they're out. You turn to the others, and you look back, and those are on again, you know? It's exactly the same way. You can't quench love if it's real love. If it's a God-authored love, you can't put it out with all the waters of the world. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can floods drown it out. As a matter of fact, in the final uh, declaration about it, he, she said he says that if a man were to give for love all the wealth of his house, it would be utterly despised. That is, love is worth more than anything you could ever pay for. It. There is no way you can substitute anything else in this world for love. Love will go further than the uh, highest price you could ever pay it's absolutely a wonderful thing did you ever read the other place where love is defined would you just listen to this quickly first corinthians chapter 13 of course listen to it because it will enter into our vows in a few moments love suffers long and is kind love does not envy love does not parade itself is not puffed up Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself and is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not easily provoked. I wish you could see that in the Greek New Testament. What it really says is love does not keep books on I want to ask you today in your marriage do you ever keep books on evil that's when you say yeah i remember what you did last year you're keeping books on evil and it is a hard thing for love to overcome love doesn't keep books on evil does not rejoice in iniquity but rejoices in truth bears those things that it can put up with Uh no Bears all things, believes the best about all things, hopes for all things, and endures all things. I tell you, that's a very different definition of love than most of the world is working on. Well, we come now to the closing passage of the song where uh, her brothers say, we've got a little sister and as yet her breasts have not developed but we have some responsibility to our little sister now we don't know what she's going to be maybe she will be a wall and when amorous overtures are made toward her she will reject them until such time as god has revealed the one who is for her and so she will remain a virgin until the day of her marriage and if so we'll build upon her a battlement of silver oh but what if she's a door what if she opens to every paramour that comes along if she does that we as brothers have an obligation we're gonna nail her door shut with uh uh with the the wood with boards of cedar and would you understand from that what properly should be understand that we have obligations to those coming along why did i preach through the song because i'm concerned about you who are single i want you to do it right from the word go and i am doing my best in many cases To nail up a door don't be a door be a wall well the Shulamite answers back and she says I am a wall my breast of Devera developed like towers and then I became in his eyes as one who found peace (laughs) did you know that's what marriage is supposed to bring to your life peace not a new strand of war that you never experienced before marriages that exist on the basis of war don't exist very long and so marriage should bring peace and she says that is exactly what i brought to the marriage make haste my beloved and be like a gazelle or a young stag on the mountains of spices in rabbi ben ezra the great english poet rabbi browning wrote Grow old along with me, the best is yet to be. The last of life, for which the first was made, our times are in his hand, who says, A whole I planned, youth shows but half. Trust God and see all, nor be afraid. I want to say to you young people today that the world will call you odd, and everybody will consider that you are a throwback, not to antiquity of 100 years ago, but to antiquity of 2,000 years ago. And many of you have already made mistakes, and thank God you're here. This is a place of forgiveness and a place of beginning again. But if you have not yet made a mistake, I want to plead with you, do it God's way. And then when you get old like Mama and me, you will rejoice realizing afresh that the first was just the beginning of the best. And I so challenge you today. We have come to the point in our service where I'm going to ask you to pledge your vows afresh to one another. So if you're married today and your spouse is here, may I ask you to stand while everyone else remains seated at this time. Thank you so much for participating in this exercise. It is partly for us to remember our vows of marriage and to ask God again to sanctify them afresh all over. It is partly designed to be an example to others of how you do a wedding. And so we began. If you are standing next to your husband, his arm should be like this at this point your hand just inside his arm. And gentlemen, would you reach over with this hand and simply lay your hand on that of your wife. Marriage is the design of God. Long before there was a government, long before there was a national entity called Israel, long before there was a church of the living God, there was only one institution, and that was called marriage the first and noblest of all God's institutions. It is so designed to demonstrate in a world gone crazy that there is a place of peace, a place where God reigns. And I remind you today that in a moment when you share your vows of marriage one with another, that it is a three-way covenant, there is an unseen participant in our covenant marriage today and that is the lord god the two of you are strategically important certainly because the covenant is between the two of you but please know that the lord god almighty looks on from heaven and he knows what you say today if you do not mean these vows of marriage one to the other simply go quiet Don't say what you do not mean because you are covenanting with the eternal God. People seldom realize that a covenant with God to be broken is serious business. We read a passage from Zephaniah today that was a passage of judgment, and people say, why do you have anything like that read, especially in a wedding, to remind you That you don't make a covenant with god like israel did and fail to see it through and not pay a horrible price so marriage is not something that has no serious aspect to it but this morning it is a covenant with the living god and so as we come to the moment of sharing of our vows gentlemen I want you, first of all, to, as much as you can, shut out the other voices around you, and I will read the vows, which are somewhat extensive. As I read them, I would like you to repeat them after me. Now, since I am already married, I would like you to say these to your wife. Would you do that? I would just look at her and say them, and I say them to my sweetheart, too all over again my precious and honored wife this day i renew before god my covenant with you i covenant today sacrificially to love you as jesus loves his church I covenant to bestow always upon you abundant honor. I will seek to know your needs and to provide for them materially, physically, mentally, and emotionally. I will seek your well-being your happiness and your success above my own above all I covenant to be the spiritual leader of our union to provide spiritual example Through my walk with Christ, to teach the Bible, to pray for my family, and to lead family worship. I will be faithful to you physically, mentally, and emotionally, and avoid. All that is pornographic, impure, are unholy. I will not be angry or bitter against you, nor allow the sun to go down on my wrath. I will not keep books on evil. I will cultivate tender affection for you, for you both in private and in public. I will compassionately give you my body and spirit in the union which we alone enjoy together. I covenant this day to accept the role of servant leader to my wife, to be compassionate, encouraging, a guiding father, should God grant us children and grandchildren. This day, I seal this covenant for as long as we both shall live. May I ask the wives to look into the eyes of your husband and repeat your vows after me. My precious and honored husband, this day I renew before God my covenant with you. I covenant this day to love and respect you with all the fervency of my being. I covenant to make our home a place of repose and comfort. I will honor you as the spiritual leader of our home I will devote myself to you and to the offspring that God may give above all others I will graciously submit to your servant leadership never allowing the sun to go down on my wrath i will be faithful to you physically mentally and emotionally and avoid all that is pornographic impure or unholy i will not keep books on evil I will regard my responsibilities as wife and mother as priority above all else except God. I will seek your well-being, happiness, and success rather than my own i will compassionately give you my body and spirit in the union which we alone enjoy together this day i seal this covenant for as long as we both shall live you have standing in the presence of the God of this universe who is omnipresent and hence here. Pledge your vows of marriage once again. It is a good thing to do on an annual basis. As you go out today, if you wish to have one, you may pick up these vows of marriage so that you can see once again what you have done. You have essentially said that I'm willing to die for you and the vows are extensive because the obligations are extensive and I pray today that as you think about what you have done that it will be the greatest of impetuses to your marriage to live as God intended it and enjoy blessings of god and now acting in the authority vested in me as a minister of the gospel of jesus christ my great joy to pronounce upon you again this simple truth you are now husband and wife let not man put asunder what is the authorship of god would you please kiss your bride thank you so much and you may be seated uh... within a few weeks we will have also the little commentary on the song that i've written some years ago we're having it reprinted didn't quite get here in time but we'll have that available uh... if you wish to have them and uh... i want to just close with a brief prayer asking god's blessings upon uh... each of these wonderful couples and then uh, dr allen will come heavenly father thank you so much for each of these couples who were willing to come and go through this exercise not only to remind ourselves of what it's all about but also as a way of teaching what the word of god says about marriage thank you lord for giving us the gift of marriage Lord, there are some here who have the gift of celibacy. You speak of it as such in 1 Corinthians 7, 7, Lord. And so it is a gift that God may give and a gracious gift, and we rejoice in it. But for the most of us, God has given the gift of marriage. We pray that we may treat it always as the most treasured gift from God. And may we, Lord, Give testimony to the right way to live and the right way to die. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.